Testament that is a real blessing to believers. It's Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. I'm going to go ahead and put that on the screen so you can see that. Y'all see that right there, right? Don't be. Amen. Here we go. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You see, when we come to faith in Christ, we are set free from the burden of trying to keep a set of rules that you never could keep in the first place. And that's a great, great blessing that should be a great comfort to you as a believer. Uh, we are free to live for God. We are free now to follow the Spirit of God's leading as we go through the course of this life. In other words, listen up, y'all. There's no place for legalism in the church of Jesus Christ. In Jesus, we have absolute and perfect liberty. Now, you might say, Bill, what is liberty? What do you mean, liberty? Well, liberty is defined as the condition of being free from restriction, free from control. Now, some hear that, and they say, all right, I can live any way I want. Amen? And in a manner of speaking, they're kind of right. But here's what Paul said about that matter. He said, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful or profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. What he's saying there is, I can do anything I want. Within the confines of Scripture, I can do anything I want, but he says, I will refuse to be addicted, dependent, or allow anything to control the way that I live but God. I will not be under the control of anything or anyone except for the Lord. Now later Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but get this, not all things edify. Not all things build up. Again, he says, I can do anything I want to do within the confines of Scripture. But I'm going to avoid anything that doesn't build up other people. I'm going to avoid anything that, that tries to tear down other believers or even other unbelievers. So, when we consider liberty, when we consider freedom, there is a stipulation to our freedom. We are free to live as we please, but that freedom is conditioned by how our lives impact the lives of other people. We're free to be a stepping stone. We're not free to be a stumbling block. Amen? And listen, you're going to be one or the other. 
You're either a stepping stone for other people or a stumbling block to other people. And listen carefully. How you live your life in front of them will determine which one you're going to be. How you live before other people determines whether you're going to be a stepping stone or a stumbling block. So listen to Paul's instruction on this very important topic. I believe it's on page 1010 in the Bibles in front of you. In Romans chapter 14, listen to what he says to a church just like us, the church that was at Rome. In verse 14 of Romans chapter 14, I'm sorry, I'm going to start with verse 13. He says, Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or cause to fall in our brother's way. I know and I'm convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet if your brother is grieved because of what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. So do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in this way is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and things by which one may edify or build up another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense or with the intention of tearing somebody down. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine. Did y'all hear that? It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. So in this important section of the book of Romans, the first thing that he begins pointing out is our Christian liberty interpreted. He interprets for us what our Christian liberty is. And he begins by pointing out that some things in our life are just perfectly neutral. Look again there in verse 14. He says, I know and I'm convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. Now I mentioned last week this controversy that was raging in the Roman church about whether or not it was right for a child of God to eat meat that had been sacrificed to idols. There was one group that said it was wrong. There was another group that said, hey, man, meat's meat. A steak is a steak, right? You can eat it. So to help clarify this, Paul says, listen, y'all. That was the Anderson version, amen. Listen, y'all. In and of itself, nothing is unclean. In and of itself, nothing is unclean. A chunk of meat is a chunk of meat. A steak is perfectly neutral. 
A stake doesn't have the power to do good. A stake doesn't have the power to do evil. A stake can't lie, kill, steal. Meat is neutral. Now, this same truth applies to all material things. Namely, one of these. This dollar bill is neutral. But the Word of God says that the love of money is the root of all evil. But that doesn't make this piece of paper evil, does it? It's not the paper, it's the attitude of the heart regarding this money that makes it good or evil. The money itself, the paper itself, is neutral, right? So nothing material in and of itself is of any consequence. What we do with it is what has the potential to be evil. So some things are just perfectly neutral. He also points out that some things are plainly spiritual. Look in verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You see, friends, Christianity is not this long laundry list of do's and don'ts. Amen? Some people think that when they get saved, they immediately got to get working on that list of things they can't do and things they can't do. But that's not true. Christianity is not about what you're doing. Christianity is not about what you're not doing. Christianity is about a living, vital, vibrant relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's about living in accord with God's Spirit. Christianity is about living in righteousness and peace and joy. Get this part. All to the glory of God. Now, don't be deceived because the Bible lists many things that are off limits to believers. And the reason that God does that is for primarily for our own protection. But if you spend the time doing the do's, of what the Bible says, you'll have neither the time nor the desire to do the don'ts of what the Bible says. So let us be strictly aware of these things that are plainly spiritual. You see, when Jesus is really on the throne of a person's life, that person don't need a bunch of rules. When Jesus is really on the throne, they want to do righteousness. They want to live a righteous life. When Jesus is really on the throne of your life, whether you're facing good or bad, highs or lows, mountaintops or valleys, you're going to find that peace will reign. When Jesus is really on the throne of your life, unpleasant circumstances won't steal your joy. Why? Because the joy of the Lord can't be stolen. It's something that exists even in the midst of unpleasant circumstances. So we need to ask ourselves this question. If a lost man watched my life for one week, would he want the relationship with Jesus that I got? Is it filled with righteousness? Is it filled with peace? Do you have the joy of the Lord? 
That's his desire. Listen, friend, if the answer is no to that question, I want to tell you this morning, a correction needs to be made. Something ain't right. Because that is the natural fruit that comes from a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're focusing on things neutral rather than on things spiritual. But Paul also says that some things are patently individual. Uh, back to verse 14. To him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. And he continues that thought in verse 22. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is him who does not condemn himself by what he approves. Now, what the idea is here is, is that we need to settle matters. Believers can settle matters between right and wrong between you and the Lord. You've got the Holy Spirit of God living in you, so these matters can be settled between you and God. It will never go against Scripture, but you can settle these matters between you and the Lord. God will teach you. God will teach you what you can do. God will teach you what you cannot do, even if it's not spelled out in the scriptures. But you know what? Even if God tells me, Billy, that's what mama used to call me, Billy, it's all right for you to do this or that. Even if God told me that and I found out that it hurt my brother or hindered their walk with Jesus Christ, do you know what? Even though I know that it would be okay, I ain't doing it. Because that's true Christian love. Now, some say, well, if the Lord says it's all right for me to do this thing, then I'm going to do as I please. I don't care what anybody thinks. But listen, y'all, that is not the language of Christian love. That is not what a true believer would say. True Christianity might say something like this. I know I can do that. I know I can do that, and it won't break my relationship with God. It won't break my fellowship with God. But you know, if my brother were to see me doing that, and it would offend him, if my brother were to see me doing that, and it might cause him problems in his walk with Jesus Christ, because I love God, and because I love my brother, I ain't doing it. Do you hear the voice? Of true Christian love. Friends, that's true spiritual maturity. That, friend, is true Christian love. You see, just because I'm free to do a certain thing doesn't give me the right to do it. Did y'all hear that? Just because I'm allowed to do it don't mean that I should do it. In everything I do, in everything I do, I must Consider my brother or sister in Christ. So there's our Christian liberty interpreted in a nutshell. But I also want to point out our Christian liberty illustrated. The first thing that Paul points out that we should be doing is we ought to be showing compassion to our brother. we got to backtrack to verse 13. Listen to what Paul said. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this. Not to put a stumbling block or cause to fall in our brother's way. In the beginning of verse 15, he continues. He says, if your brother is grieved because of your food, 
you are no longer walking in love. If you're doing things even though you're allowed to do them, but it's grieving your brother, it's causing him to stumble, you are no longer walking in love. So we're to show compassion to our brother in the midst of our Christian walk. When we exercise our freedom in Christ and it offends a brother or sister in Christ, then you have ceased to walk in love. Can I tell you furthermore, is if you're walking in your freedom, you're exercising your freedom in Christ, but it's offending somebody else, you are no longer living for the Lord. You're living for yourself. Jesus said, by this, all will know that you're my disciples. You ready? If you love one another. Not only if you say it, but if you show it. If you love one another. Now, the problem with most believers is this. Many times, we're a batch of self-centered people. We want to do what we want to do. We don't want to do what we don't want to do. Does this please me? Is this something I really want to get involved in? Do I really want to get my tail up and go to church this morning? Do I want to come back for Sunday night church tonight? Come on. But here's what Christian love does. Christian love asks this question. Might it hurt my brother if I don't come to church this morning? Could it be that there is someone that I could be an encouragement to this morning? Maybe Brother Bill needs my encouragement this morning, amen? Preachers get kind of down from time to time, you know that? So maybe it's not about you. Maybe it's about your brother. Maybe it's about me, praise God, amen? How about this question? If I don't come, might somebody think that that's okay that I didn't come? Might they take it the wrong way? Would they be offended? I can tell you that if you don't come to church, I won't be offended. I'll call you for three, five days straight, but I won't be offended. Amen. Here's another question. Hey. <laughs> See there? That's an encouragement. See what I'm saying? Kyson, you've got to be here on Sunday morning. Amen. Another question for you. Will I be a stumbling block if I do this action? Or don't do this action? You see where the focus is, y'all? This Christianity thing is not about me. It's not about you. It's about him and us. So we're to show compassion to our brother. But also, we are to make a contribution to our brother. Look in verse 19. Therefore, let us pursue the things but which make for peace and things which one may edify another. You see, when you're considering something that you know is okay for you to do, you still must ask yourself two questions. The Bible may say, hey, man, you can do that. That ain't no problem. But you still got to ask yourself two questions. One is, will this action or lack of action bring peace? To God's family 
or division to God's family? Will it bring harmony or will it bring a problem? That's a good question. Again, we're considering others. Here's a second question. Might my brother or sister in Christ grow from this action if I decide to do it? Or will their growth be stunted if they see me doing it? See, it's not all about the do's and the don'ts. That's not what Christianity is about. Christianity is about making Jesus number one and other people before yourselves, ourselves. For example, the church don't have a dress code. You ever notice that? Nowhere in the Bible does it tell you what you should or what you shouldn't wear. Anybody else notice that besides me? One, amen. That means somebody ain't reading their Bibles. Amen. The church don't have a dress code. We don't have this list of rules about what not to wear and what you should wear. But we are to consider the testimony of the church when we come to this place. We should ask ourselves, is this outfit appropriate for the house of God? What does this outfit say about the standards and testimony of the Lord's church? Is it possible by wearing this outfit that I might offend a brother or sister? Although there is nothing in the Bible that prohibits it, I'm not going to preach in short shorts. I might offend somebody, amen? You get my point. The same can be said about music. I want to just commend publicly Brother Howe for not only staying traditional, which I love, the hymns, not only going to the other extreme and, and singing contemporary songs, which takes the focus off some of that old traditional music, instead blending the two so that everyone is edified at one point or another. Amen? So if you agree with me, give Brother Hal a hand. Amen? Thank you, Brother Hal, for what you do. So the same can be said about music. The same can be said about where you eat. People have asked me the question, if I go to a restaurant and they serve beer and liquor, am I doing wrong? You have to answer that question between you and the Lord. Maybe what about what you watch on TV? I challenge you to find G-rated programming all day and all night long. Amen? At some point or another, you're going to be watching some trash. What does the Bible say about that? Well, they didn't even have TV back then. So, the same thing he said about all these issues of life and you need to make the hard decisions. Now, if I'm watching some filth on TV and my daughter walks in the living room and sees me watching that filth on TV, is that going to build her faith in Christ or is that going to stunt her faith in Christ? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that one out, does it? If I'm going to a restaurant and every table around me is filled with those that are boozing it up, even though I'm not. I'm just saying. 
If one of y'all walked in there and I'm right dead center of all them people boozing it up, what are you going to think? I'm responsible for how you think. I am my brother's keeper, amen? So we have to be careful of those things. You are free in Jesus, but you're free to help, not to hinder. So whatever you got to do, you got to be a help, not a hindrance. But we're also to walk in consideration of our brother. Look in verse 21. It is good neither to eat meat, nor drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Now the whole point here is, is that there are times in our Christian lives when we do this, listen up, when we do this, when we intentionally limit our freedoms. I will intentionally limit my freedoms for your benefit. We all ought to be intentionally limiting our freedoms for the benefits of those other believers, those weak believers, and those that aren't even believers yet. We have to be considerate of other people. There are many things that I know would not be wrong for me to do. But I also know that there are people watching me. There are people watching you. So what in the world is the answer here? Here's the answer. By choice. By choice, I am not going to do those things so that I don't put an obstacle in another's path or hinder someone else's growth in the Lord Jesus Christ. I ain't doing it. I pray that you can make that kind of commitment. People are watching us. And they are influenced by what they see. Children, our kids are watching us. And I don't have to tell you, they are influenced by what they see. So we've heard our Christian liberty interpreted and our Christian liberty illustrated. But finally today, I want you to know that your Christian liberty is often being investigated. By who, Bill? Well, we're being investigated daily by the eyes of men. Look in verse 16 to begin with. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of by others as evil. And then in verse 18, for he who serves Christ in this way is acceptable to God and approved by men. Paul just wants us to remember that the world is watching The world is watching every single day of your life. The world is watching you live. See, if they were to come here, they would expect you to live in a certain way. When you're at Walmart and you're getting frustrated, you may be tempted to live differently than you live here on Sunday morning. Amen? I'm just speaking from personal experience. So what other people see is they see whether or not you are consistent in your walk. They see 
if your walk is legit. They see if it's real. And here's the real kicker. They judge Jesus by what, the, by what they see you do. If that one don't convict to the bone, I don't know what will. They judge Jesus by what they see you do. By what they see me do. And all Paul is saying here is, is man, you've got to be real, y'all. You've got to be real. We need to live the kind of life that can stand up to scrutiny. We need to stand up to the to, to a kind of life that can stand up to real examination, not like Judge Kavanaugh had to, amen, praise the Lord, amen. Let me ask you this. If your coworkers and your friends were asked to come up here on stage and take our microphone and tell us what kind of person you really are, what would they say? Would they be able to say, hey man, she's real. She's real. People are watching. And what they see determines what they think of Jesus. So what do people in your sphere of influence think of Jesus? But not only are we investigated daily, by the eyes of men, we're also investigated divinely by the eyes of our master. In verse 18 and in verse 22, we find not only that other men are watching our lives, but we also find that the Lord is watching too. Y'all hear that? The Lord is watching too. Verse 18, for he who serves Christ in this way is acceptable to God. And then on down to verse 22, do you have faith, faith in God? then have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith, from faith in God. For whatever is not from faith in God, listen to this, is sin. Talking to believers just like you and me here. See, as we anticipate the day that Jesus comes back, as we are anticipating the day when every single one of us is going to stand before him and give an account of our lives to him, we have got to avoid anything that gives even the hint of evil. Paul wrote to the Thessalonian believers, he said, abstain from every, say every, abstain from every form of evil. Every form of evil. If there is a doubt in your mind about whether you should do something, no matter how slight it might be, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. The key to understanding this whole thing is in verse 23. He who doubts is condemned because whatever is not from faith is sin. Let me just summarize that part for you. Ready? Here it comes. If there's doubt, leave it out. Y'all hear that? Say amen if you heard that. Amen. If there's doubt, leave it out. Say that with me. Ready? If there's doubt, leave it out. Say it again. That's what I'm saying. If there's doubt to whether you should do something or not, she got to go. 
she got to go. That means whatever is not from faith is sin in your life. That means that regardless of what you do, regardless of what you say, you cannot do it or say it with faith in your heart that is right before God. Listen, it's sin. It's an affront to God. So if there's any doubt, you've got to leave it out. Let me give you an example of this. Let's say I give $5 to a homeless man to buy food. I give it to him in true faith. I want him to, to have a meal. Or at least a happy meal, amen? But if he takes that five bucks and I watch him go straight to the liquor store and he buys booze with it, have I sinned? I've not sinned, listen to this part, the first time. That's his problem, the first time. But if I give him money tomorrow, same guy, and I gave the same guy tomorrow, knowing what he's going to do with it, there's no way that I can have done that from, as, from faith. Because I know what he's going to do with it. I know he's going to go get booze, and he's going to go get drunk. And so what have I done? I've helped him with his sin, and I am as guilty as he is. Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, do not share in other people's sins. So we have to be careful of that. If I can't give it in good faith to him, I know he's going to use it for evil. And so I can't be a part of that the second time. And you know, this applies in every area of life for the believer. It's about living every moment, y'all, for the glory of God. You may say, Bill, that's tough. And I'm going to tell you, yep, that's tough. That's a challenge, but that's the high call of God to live every moment. You may say, man, that's a tough way to live. Always trying to, to look around and help out your brother all the time. That's hard, Bill. And I say, yeah, it's hard. But I didn't say it, did I? It came from the scriptures, y'all. That's the high and holy calling of God on the life of the believer. And it's tough. But you know what? Verse 22 really kind of puts it in perspective. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is him who does not condemn himself by what he approves. It reminds us there that the happiest people are those who can live their lives without feeling condemnation before God and before other people. Man, there's a certain, a certain joy that we can get from that kind of living. So if you really want to be happy, I want to encourage you to put Jesus first. But then put others in front of yourselves. In that lies true happiness. So we can go through this life, and when you do, you're going to have all manner of situations where you're going to have to decide... Right from wrong. You're going to have to make that decision. What you decide, listen to this, what you decide will reveal the condition of your heart. When we come to that place 
where the Lord Jesus is number one and others are more important than me, you have come to a place where you are becoming spiritually mature. You're growing up. You're growing up in Christian love. So I say, God, help us get there. Amen. And I believe that when he hears us pray that, he can and he will help us to do that. Say, Bill, I don't know where to start, man. Where do I even start that kind of journey? Well, the words come immediately to my heart that Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Maybe you need a start. Maybe you need a restart. This place is all about both. Amen. And so I pray that you'll listen to what the Lord says to you today. And if you need to start your journey, or perhaps get a fresh start on your journey, that you'll come to the place where that can occur. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for loving us like you do, and thank you for sending Jesus as the ultimate demonstration of that incredible kind of love, a sacrificial, agape kind of love. And Lord, you've taught us and are teaching us, and you're helping us to learn that that's the same kind of love we ought to have for other people. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. That Lord, if there's somebody that needs that first start, that kickstart of their journey, that they come to Jesus. Lord, likewise, I pray if somebody needs a restart, Lord, I pray they would also come to, to Jesus. And they would just put their lives on the line before him. And say, I've been trying, I've been trying, I've been trying. Lord, I've been trying, I've been trying, I've been trying. So I've reached my wits end. And so I'm just going to surrender to you. Friend, can I tell you that that's exactly what he wants. And Father, we pray this today for each one here to your glory. In Christ's name we pray it. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.